five, 10 years from now, we have, you know, a many hundred person uh, large alumni group that is helping each other find jobs, co-founding companies, mentoring new Olim, and kind of paying forward this experience. So I think there is a long-term understanding. In the short term, we had one fellow from last year who is looking for a new job. She wrote to the, the WhatsApp group of the cohort. And within 10 minutes, she had five job opportunities. And within one week, she had three job offers. Welcome to 20 Minute Leaders. Just sit back, relax, and learn from the leaders of today. It's a journey. Each one is different, unique, inspiring. Let's get started. This episode is powered by JVentures, a community-driven VC fund in Silicon Valley in partnership with Leomitech, sponsored by Homeward Ventures, Hippo Insurance, Upwest Labs, Synergy Global, Hillel at Stanford, Leap, Birthright Excel, Serona Partners, and in media partnership with C-Tech. Welcome to 20-Minute Leaders. Let's meet Abby On, Executive Director of Nevo Network. Abby builds networks and believes that cohort-based experiences can be transformative. She has spent the better part of the last 20 years creating programs that impacted hundreds of students and fellows' personal and professional journeys, whether it be putting a roof on a home in the aftermath of Hurricane Katrina or directing leadership fellowships at Duke and Harvard. Since moving to Israel in 2015, Abby has built two nonprofits that impact the Israeli tech ecosystem. Currently, she's the executive director of Nevo Network, a professional development fellowship that helps Olim, new immigrants, amplify their tech careers in Israel, and is backed by Michael Eisenberg of Aleph VC. Abby Ohn, welcome to 20 Minute Leaders. Thank you for joining me here. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Thank you for having me. Of course. I'm looking forward to talking to you about cohort-based experiences, community experiences, your work today with, with Olim, new immigrants to Israel, integrating as part of the tech ecosystem. So, so doing a lot of positive impact in our community, uh, but also some insights that I think are relevant for everyone really to understand. And I'm looking forward to gaining insights myself in these next 20 minutes. So Abby, tell me, you know, where, where you're from. You're from the United States, but where, you know, how you grew up and, and how do you get involved with, with this idea of cohort-based experiences? Sure. I grew up in Virginia. Um, and when I was growing up there, it wasn't a very large Jewish community, but I was both an athlete and also part of USY, which is United Synagogue Youth, uh, which is a Jewish youth movement. And I learned really early on that there's power in community, whether it's as part of a team or as part of this youth movement and kind of getting to know people from um, all over the area and doing things together and kind of building connections that way. Uh, and that's something that I took with me. It was always interesting, the notion of building community and leadership development. And it's something that I've been really fortunate that I get to do in my career. Wonderful. And so where, where did this really start, this idea of cohort-based experiences? So the first uh, role that I got out of my, my second degree, I did a master's in, um, at Brandeis University in Boston. And it was really, really cold. So I moved to California and I was really fortunate to get a fellowship doing um, work on campuses on the West Coast, helping students have a conversation around Israel, which at that time and still today can be really challenging. And I saw that there was really something powerful in helping people have conversations around something hard. And that kind of ignited my love for working with students and people who are going through some sort of transformative journey. Mm. Um, and from there, I was really, really fortunate to take over this role at Hillel International um, to build this experiential learning um, 
program that allowed 3,000 students to respond to the hurricane that uh, hit the Gulf wow. Coast of the United States. Um, so I got to spend three years between Washington, D.C. and Mississippi and Louisiana doing this kind of social justice experiential work and helping students understand what their responsibility was in the world and why they were choosing to do this kind of work. Um, and at the same time, trying to figure out how to interact with the local community and figure out what their needs were and how to build a program that was relevant to them as well. Incredible. So tell me more about, about you know, the, these efforts after the hurricane and what you were doing with Hill International. So Hillel was really lucky to get uh, a lot of the money that was donated to the Jewish community. And so they could build something from scratch that kind of put together a lot of their values, which was experiential, social justice, community. And we brought students from all over North America. Um, and we had the chance actually to train staff also all over the country to think about how do we interact with students and how do we create an experience that's going to impact them uh, for the rest of their lives. And I, and I see it today that people are doing this kind of work, whether it's communal work or teaching or justice work, because of the week they spent in the Gulf Coast. We not mm. only gutted homes and put roofs on homes and, and did rebuilding work, but we had really in-depth conversations about our own responsibility and the Jewish role of social justice and where that lives in our modern lives. And I think it, it hit home for a lot of people. And for me, it was by far the, the best professional experience I've had to date because it kind of set me up for understanding that building community can be done anywhere, anytime, and be really powerful. So I will how say did also, the students experience I got to train my yeah, husband. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll say also, I, uh, one, of the, one of the staff members that I trained in that experience turned out to be the, the man I married. So it, it had uh, a, a doubly uh, rewarding experience for me. Beautiful. Now, if you look at it from the lenses of the students who were undergoing this experience, what did it do to them? How did you perceive from their from their eyes, you know, their journey, you know, working working as a group? I think that they they went on this experience feeling like there was something kind of sexy about it. There was this big disaster that had happened and they felt that that it was really um attractive to them to respond. And then once they got there, we were literally sleeping in tents. We were you know, in, in cold weather, we were in an uncomfortable conditions and then doing really hard physical labor all day. And that kind of drove home to them that it, no matter what drove them there, they really had to ask themselves what they were doing there once they arrived. And a lot of the questions were, why were you helping people in New Orleans and in, in Mississippi and not in your own backyard? What does it mean to, to respond to this kind of thing on a daily basis? Where's the kind of ongoing social justice response in your life not only in this one week that you can take out, but in an ongoing basis. And it's something that I see that they were able to bring back to campus with them and then take into their everyday life. And so there was something really kind of transformational that happened for them. Right. And so today you're, you're taking those same experiences and your understanding of building strong communities through the Israeli tech ecosystem, right? Yes, a little bit of a different uh, milieu, but similar, similar kind of foundational thinking around it. Um, I was really fortunate to be connected two years ago to Michael Eisenberg, who is the, one of the founding partners of a big venture capital here in Tel Aviv. And he's known both for that work, but also for being really, really um, passionate about new immigrants and, and helping them both come to Israel and be really successful here. And Michael and I met and we talked about different ways to encourage people to come to Israel, um, which is a really big conversation right now in general. And, and we finally came around kind of after iterating a number of times to not necessarily encouraging people to come off the bat, 
but thinking really critically about what it would mean to create community for the people that had already decided to move here and build their career here. So mm -hmm. about two years ago, we founded an organization called Navo Network, uh, which is working directly with these new Olim uh, and helping their professional development journey be successful in Israel. And one of the really uh, critical things for that is network. That, you know, if you mm -hmm. didn't um, grow up in Israel, if you don't necessarily speak Hebrew, do university, do an army program here, um, then you don't have that network that native Israelis have. And network is almost everything here. And so we built Navo as a way to kind of act um, as that network that they wouldn't have had otherwise. And in the two years so, that we're, we're running, we've seen it be super successful. Right. So how do you, you know, from, how do you judge the quality of a network? So how do you go and, and how do you know whether, you know, the network that you're building is successful? Are there, you know, key matrix that you're looking at or KPIs that you're looking at? I think recruiting and selection in terms of the people that you're inviting into the cohort are really critical. One, we're looking for diversity. In, in the second cohort, we have people from 12 countries. Every one of their immigration journeys was going to be really different. Someone coming from Russia compared to Brazil, compared to the U.S. or Australia. Um, and we have people who are working all across tech. So we have engineers and product founders, people working in venture capital. And so they're kind of seeing all the different facets of the ecosystem. And therefore, they can create a really... Uh, dynamic conversation. And also they're each bringing their own kind of micro network. And so we're looking for people that can kind of help build up the cohorts network while building their own. Right. And so internally within the network, how does it actually run? So you have people, you know, tangibly, so you, you, you bring people in a cohort, then they go work in the ecosystem. But what, what is the, how does the community actually form and, and what is the ongoing sure. activity of this network? So the people that we're inviting into the cohort are already working. They're already employed by amazing companies. Right. They have great roles. This is really meant to kind of help them leverage where they're at and get to the next stage, whether that be to become a, a team leader or an executive to perhaps co-found a company. Um, and so they're, they're often looking to, to, to leverage where they're at. But what do we do? We meet every two weeks. So one of the ways that we build community is actually being together, right? It seems really um, intuitive and simple, but just being together and getting to interact, especially after the last two years of spending a lot of time on Zoom yeah. and in your, our homes can be really, really powerful. Um, we connect each fellow to a mentor, to an Israeli mentor who is more senior than they are in the ecosystem, who can act as a kind of deep relationship for them and someone that can advise them through kind of pivot points or career questions. Um, and at the same time, we, we try to build a broad and deep network, and we're connecting them to as many Israelis as possible. So to anyone listening, if you want to be connected to any of our fellows, we're more than happy. We're literally trying on a daily basis. Anyone I meet, I'm like, oh, I have a person I want to set you up for coffee with. We're really trying to figure out all of the people that we can connect them to so they walk out of the fellowship knowing a lot more Israelis than they did coming in. They get um, career coaching. We have retreats. Uh, and they also work together to create different projects with one another so that they get to know each other deeply. And we hope one day either decide to choose each other as co-founders or help each other find next jobs or help each other just kind of make hard decisions. Right. And so from your perspective as sort of the, the organizer of this, how do you know, you know if a cohort was successful or not? So I think, you know, one of the things that I've always been struggling with understanding is how do I measure the, eff the efficiency or the successfulness of a community that I'm, that I'm running, right? How do I know if it's actually providing value to people, if, it's actually, if people are actually want to be a part of it on, uh, truthfully? So how, how, how do you gauge that, that, you know, managerial question? 
It's a, it's a really good question. And one that I think has two answers. I think there's a short term and a long term. Um, I'll start with the long term. The long term is five, 10 years from now, we have, you know, a many hundred person, uh, large alumni group that is helping each other find jobs, co-founding companies, mentoring new Olim, and kind of paying forward this experience. So I think there is a long-term understanding. In the short term, we had one fellow from last year who is looking for a new job. She wrote to the, the WhatsApp group of the cohort. And within 10 minutes, she had five job opportunities. And within one week, she had three job offers. She's been in Israel for a year and a half and would never have had the ability to do something like that otherwise. Uh, one of the other fellows just left his current job to found his own company. When he did so, he turned to Michael and said, listen, I think I'm ready to make the jump. And I just want to know that if I do, can you perhaps make a connection for me? Can you introduce me to this kind of person? And because of the network of people, he felt confident enough after only a few years in Israel, he's originally Argentinian, to make a jump and found his own company here. So, you know, mm-hmm. those are the kind of anecdotal things that tell us that we're, we're going in the right direction. Right. And then, and then in the long term? In the long term, we hope that, you know, this is something that will not only serve the the kind of purposes that we just talked about, which is kind of helping people find jobs and found companies and, right. and act as that community of people that can be references, but it encourages other people from around the world to say, Israel's a place that I want to work. There is an opening right. uh, and welcoming community, not only of Israelis, but also Volim, that are going to help make sure that we have a way to be su- be successful professionally. This is a big question right. when people are coming from outside of Israel. I had it as a as an Ola myself. How am I going to translate <laughs> my career from the United States to Israel? How am I going to be right. successful? Am I going to make enough money? Am I going to find meaning? And right. and these people, if we leverage this network and these in this community correctly, will answer that question before those people even make the decision. Beautiful. Now, from from your perspective, you know, if for anybody that's looking to create a community or start a community, what are some non trivial things? that you've learned, you know, through your time about building successful communities that we can be keeping in mind? I think from the beginning to get to know each member of the community and to really try to figure out um, and work with them to figure out what's driving them. When we kick off Nouveau, Mm -hmm. we get each of the fellows to do an exercise on finding their why. And it's a little bit of an exercise for us, the people running the community, my, my partner, Roni and I, as well as for each of the fellows. So we kind of understand their passion and and what's pushing them. And that helps us figure out who we connecting them to inside the fellowship, outside the fellowship, um, and to come with a really clear um, foundational structure of what you want to achieve. And for us, from a leadership development perspective, we look at leadership of self and leadership of teams, right? And then for mm-hmm. Nouveau specifically, we look at connection to Israel. So everything we're doing, we're thinking really critically at, are we pushing them to, to understand their self-motivation better? Are we thinking about how they interact with the cohort and teams, and are we pushing their connection to Israel and the ecosystem so that they walk away with a deeper understanding and connection to the people and organizations in Israel? So I think for each right. community, now, there are really specific pieces that need to yeah. be considered. Then that's what it sounds like. And and are there you know best practices or standards for you know how often they should be interacting with the community or how often the community should be reaching out to them you know because at the end people are living are leading you know complicated lives and then there are communities that they want to be involved in and you know you want them to to you know be as involved but but not in a way that's 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 distracting them from everything else that's going on in their life but ameliorating it right and augmenting it so right. are there best practices to these sorts of communications um so we find that 
because we're an in-person community that we're, we're not meeting three times a year per, per se, we're meeting kind mm. of every other week that we try to, um, make sure the communication is, um, when, when we're doing it, it's clear, it's not too often. And if it needs to be, you, you find kind of a captain within the community to kind of go out and, and do the peer influence rather than us being the right. reminder of communication. Often we find people within the community that, that can push, but that more so everything we do, we make it excellent. If it's excellent, mm. this will become a priority and a place that they want to be. If we come in under excellent, there's a, there's a percentage chance that this becomes less of a priority. So everything we do, Roni and I push ourselves to make sure that we're bringing the best people to speak, the best facilitators, the best experience. And that's not the kind of, um, you know, the tech experience where everything is really upscale, but the content is the highest and best content that we can give them as it relates to the goals that we have. A hundred percent. So Abby, what, what do you get out of this? So what, why are you in this, you know, in this field, in this work in community building in, in Olim, where, where, where are you at? That's a great question. Um, I, I really, you know, from the, my time in the Gulf Coast to the work that I did with Hillel, I worked later at, at Duke and at Harvard uh, again with students. And I, I love this moment where a person or a group of people is in transition and you can help them think through kind of left or right, up or down. I love being involved in that moment where someone is about to grow and you can help them figure out what that growth can look like. I, I think in some ways I feel like a catalyst in, in helping in, you know, inspire someone to do something rather than be the, the act itself. And for me, the, the notion that I get to interact with people all the time is really exciting. That for me is kind of what, what motivates me, this notion of building community and of, of getting to really build deep relationships with different people. Right. I, I love it. And, and at the end, you know, I, I'm, I'm always curious, you know, the, the community builders, I mean, it's such a personality and, and, and I always see people getting so much satisfaction from, from building, building a strong community as they, as they go through. Did you know from your time, you know, with Hill International or even before that, that you're going to be dedicating a very big part of your career to community building and, and working maybe specific, specifically with Olim? I don't think that I, I don't think that I could have, um, that if you asked me when I was younger, I would have known it. But if I look back, I was always the one organizing things. I was always the one taking on extra. I love the kind of planning and the connecting of people. And I don't think that I would have ever um, foretold that I'd work with Olim because I didn't know necessarily that I would live in Israel. But it became really clear to me when I got here that there was this amazing community that there were great things that you could do with it. The first four years I spent as a CEO of another organization that was bringing um, MBAs from outside of Israel to do paid internships inside Israel. And that was super mm. exciting because it was 90% non-Jews and 50% non-Americans. And oh, it was wow. people that would have never otherwise come to Israel. And so you got to build this crazy community for three months over the summer of people who are kind of experiencing Israel often for the first time. So that was a whole other lens. And that kind of led me to what I'm doing now, which is there's, there's this amazing opportunity that Israel provides in terms of the tech ecosystem to build community. 100%. Now, if you had to look at you know, the work that you're doing and extrapolate you know, five, 10 years in the future, where is it at? It's a really good question. I hope in some ways that Nouveau still exists. I don't know that I'll be involved in the same role, but I would love to, to see that this Olim community exists. And I see myself, I, I, I feel myself growing my own community in Israel. Nouveau started in uh, some ways because I felt like I didn't have my own network. And so I thought, well, yeah. if I don't have a network, then let me help other people build a network. It's, it's something that my, my partner and I kind of figured out together. 
And, mm-hmm. and so if I can continue doing that for people, if I continue doing this work of interacting deeply with people, then I think I'll be really happy. Beautiful. What, what inspires you in your day to day? So, you know, in, in building the community and working with Olim, where, where do you gather your own inspiration from? So I'm the kind of person that reads like four books at a time. So I would say, um, writing, reading, fiction, stories. I really believe that storytelling is a powerful tool, both for for the individual. It's something that I've used throughout my life, whether it's traveling or as an Ola to kind of connect to other people. And I think it's also a super powerful tool for communities. It's a way that people connect to each other. And so I really love reading fiction, nonfiction, as, as many stories as I can get to kind of inspire me. I love it. I love it. And if you had to choose a few words... Uh, that would describe you, um, perhaps uh, words that hmm. any of your community members would would choose to describe Abby. What what words come to mind? So I think I would um, first. I feel like global citizen. Um, I lived abroad yeah. for the first time when I was eight, um, and spent a lot of time traveling throughout my life, and moved to Israel six years ago. So I, I feel myself kind of somewhere between wow. many countries, um, and something that kind of my my most favorite thing to do is travel. Um, I think, I, I think, you know, community builder, catalyst, someone that tries to, to push other people to, to kind of get through the best part of their journey. Um, and a storyteller, I, I'm, I'm also a writer and I'm someone who really believes in the power of story. And, and that's something that I see kind of continues. Amazing. Abby, thank you so much. And not just for these 20 minutes, but for the work that you're doing in the tech ecosystem in Israel and for the work that you were doing with Hello International. It sounds like, you know, you're not just building a community, but you're building communities that make a really positive impact. And, and especially you know, on, on people that are that are in a point of struggle that, that they really need it. And so it's a, it sounds like just a huge positive impact all around. And thank you very much for joining me for these 20 minute leaders. Thank you so much for having me. Appreciate it.